0: What's kicking chickens welcome back to the occasionally relevant never on time can we fix it (laughs) I'm your host maura walsh joined as always by my lovely and talented co-host jennifer the vulpinator douglas how you doing my love the vulpinator is hanging in there my dear how are you oh i'm living my fucking best life this is the first time i've ever had vacation days in my life and it's like oh dude well for the first week I was like, wow, this is like a lot of free time. And generally, when I have free time, it's like not a good thing. Uh, (laughs) When when I was campaigning, we used to lovingly refer to me as a circus bear. Um, I always need a handler or else I get myself into a lot of trouble. Um, So... You know, the first week my house was fucking spotless. Like there wasn't a, like everything in my house was like perfectly clean because I was so bored that I was just like, I don't know, I guess I'll clean. And then like, I slowly remembered what life was like before, uh, the capitalist nightmare that is being an adult. And I forgot that I had like hobbies and shit and like have been like reading for fun Oh my God. Playing my guitar again. It's very weird. I, I totally forgot that I used to be a human being with interests. Um, sounds
1: beautiful. And it I love has it.
0: been. Well, something about, you know, being a single mom and making, you know, belly button lint and like peppermints for fucking wages. You don't really have a lot of <laughs> downtime. You're just like constantly in the hustle. Um, and now yeah, that I'm getting paid. Ends. Right. And now that I'm getting paid a livable wage, I like have energy to do fun shit. Um, So yeah, life is, life is good is, is the, is the short answer. (laughs) Um, you know who, who life is not great for right now is, um, the democratic party is like having a bit of a rough time here. Oh, like state party. Yeah. It's like not, it's not going great for the Rhode Island, uh, state democratic party. And, um, You know, we've talked before about how one of the staples of the party is that whenever they hire somebody to be the executive director, they hire a person who is either a person of color or a woman or a woman of color, um, specifically so that they can, A, look diverse, and B, the first person that gets thrown face first under the bus is... um, not a dude. <laughs> right.
1: not, 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 not a, a white, white guy. You know what I
0: mean? That's At the end of the day, that's what they're looking for. So they want somebody that they don't feel bad about, like, running over and then throwing it in reverse and running over again. Um, and recently that person has been Kate Coyne McCoy, who has had her own fair share of uh, stupidity and troubles. We all remember when she said that she hoped Lindsey Graham died of COVID and then immediately had to, like, delete her Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> because the entire country was like, boo, you suck! Um, but what many of you may not know is that this woman very unceremoniously quit and dissa fucking peered from the state party within the last couple of months. Now, um, I'm gonna give you my theories on on why this is and because she doesn't have social media anymore she can't combat them so from now on my theories will be the facts that we will be going
1: (laughs) going more theory of fact
0: more theory of fact um so fact the first um when warwick senate candidate jennifer rourke was uh punched in the face during a pro-life rally on june 24th um a pro-life rally, what the fuck, pro-choice rally on June 24th by a pro-life police officer. There we go. Get your facts straight, Maura. Um, There was obviously a lot of media attention that uh, came to that. What some of y'all may not know is that the incumbent for that particular Senate seat, Majority Leader Mike McCaffrey, apparently decided um, once he saw the amount of Press that Jen Rourke was getting that it would be better to drop out than it would be to get his ass handed to him. He bounced. He dipped. He was like, Well, I retirement is calling my name. I can hear it.
1: <laughs>
0: and the way that um, running works is you have a declaration period and a signature period. And the declaration period is there's a certain amount of time where you can say that you are running for office. And after that period, no other people can run for the seat in question. So the declaration period comes and goes. And the only other person to um, pull papers for that particular Senate seat is like some weird asshole out of Warwick that like nobody really knows a whole bunch about. Hasn't really done a whole lot.
1: Um, Definitely not a active member of the community.
0: Right, 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 right. And um after the declaration period passes, and I gotta hand it to the Rhode Island political co-op, right? Because these people have perfect comedic and strategic timing. <laughs> <laughs> so they wait until after um the uh the declaration period has passed And they divulge that this gentleman who um, has pulled papers to run against, uh, to to run for the seat that Mike McCaffrey has vacated, Um, the only thing that he is known for uh, in this community is that in 2009, her opponent was
1: caught wearing blackface. Really Stellar choices this, this human made.
0: So, um, and now here's why this is strategically incredible, right? Um, basically when, um, Mike Carrero, uh, the, the gentleman in question, um, pulled papers, the co-op a hundred percent knew that there was a photo of him floating around in blackface. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And they said nothing.
1: Because... OPPO research is the game.
0: Absolutely. And they wanted to make sure that they did not drop that bomb until nobody else could be selected to run for that seat. Because the declaration yep. period was over. Now, once the declaration period came and went, the co-op was like, Psst. Um, quick word. uh, Not to, like, alarm anybody, but... <laughs> Tell me, wear blackface as recently as two thousand and nine. Sweet, solid. Yeah. You are fucking nailing this, boss. Um, <clears throat> now this is when things start to get a little spicy. This is about the time where the Democratic Caucus is now going to take place—the annual caucus where they um come up with the rules for the party, uh, the rules for uh, running in elections. They elect the um, positions in the party, treasurer. Uh, you know, chair chairperson, all these different things. And um, fun little fact: it used to be that you would vote and have your debate out loud um, until a dear friend and committee woman of mine, Abigail (last name redacted), and I ruined that for everybody.
1: <laughs> by being in what is now known as the best night ever. By
0: being rowdy pieces of shit and just refusing to get fucked over quietly. And I believe like the the uh the quote of the night uh that we would just use repeatedly was like, um, excuse me.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: At a certain point they had enough of our shit. Um uh, so the rules now are that you vote on paper, which is just absolutely fucking hilarious to me. Um, They're like, no, we don't want to hear you talk. We don't want to hear you fucking talk. There will be no conversation. Just write it down and then we're done. Um, So after that uh, uh, caucus, the executive director of the party, Kate Coyne McCoy, again, very unceremoniously dipped out and um, ran as far and fast as her tiny legs would carry her. Now, the reason that this, I think, happened is because it became abundantly clear by the amount of progressives at the caucus. It became abundantly clear by the way that people were voting in terms of nominations and um, and voting for members of the actual party that the, the state party at large is going to get fucked this year. They are going to get their shit rocked. You have incumbents of 15, 20 years who are dropping out because they know they're going to fucking lose and they would rather drop out than get their asses handed to them. Okay. Mm -hmm. You have people resigning in droves so late in the game that the conservative Democrats do not have time to recruit for those seats. And you have an executive director who, above all else, you know, above loyalty to the party, has a sense of self-preservation that is just unfucking paralleled in this goddamn game. And saw the writing on the wall and went, you know what? I am not going to get thrown face first under the bus when 20 or 30 percent of the Democratic incumbents get their asses kicked this year. Because as the executive director of the party, that's basically your only job. Is to protect right. the
1: incumbent. Yeah. Manage the elections, protect the incumbent.
0: So she dipped out in, I wanna say late June, early July, which is not fucking great. Okay. It's Another not. thing that you need to remember is before the progressive apparatus, there were no campaign managers in Nisty. There were like two scumbags, like the Catunio boys were running every single campaign all across Rhode Island, from Senate races to city council to state rep. They were the only two campaign operatives that like vaguely had their shit together and could win races. When you have the co-op throwing up 20, 30 different candidates for office, you just can't manage that many fucking campaigns at once. And the whole time that the party has been in charge, they never thought to expand their apparatus of volunteers which is fucking crazy to me because the co-op has a policy of don't they like train like random people to be campaign man like you don't even have to have any experience to go there and learn how to be a campaign manager right
1: right and but they they really do attract quality people though that want to do it and then they get extensive training like my current campaign manager is fabulous just standalone fabulous. She worked on Warren's campaign. She's worked on other campaigns. She's worked on a lot of local progressive campaigns. And then she took, um, took the renew campaign manager cohort training. That's really in depth. It's like eight weeks long. It's very, very detailed. And like, literally I met her and then she jumped right in and got right to work. I mean, they, they have very good campaign managers. And how
0: many campaigns is she managing? Just mine. Oh, look at that. So she can focus. Yeah.
1: What an interesting concept. Oh, 100%. Yeah. She's, uh, I, she got an apartment like right in my district and she is just buzzing around around the clock doing literally everything that needs to get done because I work full time and can't do it myself. It's amazing.
0: So again, that, that's one of the things wherein like the co-op has the long view in mind and say what you want about, you know, their candidates or their Policies or whatever, their strategies are fucking banging. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, what usually happens when you're an incumbent is you don't really have to do a lot of work yourself. Many of these incumbents haven't knocked doors in 10 to 12 years right? Because they have enough volunteers to go out and knock doors for them. They have staff that puts together their uh, campaign literature. They have people that go out and collect their signatures. A lot of these people that have been up there for this many years don't even remember how to run for office because they have outsourced every aspect of the
1: job to other people. And a lot of them also have not had an opponent in many, many years. Right, right.
0: So one of the things that happens when candidates now have to do it, incumbents now have to do it themselves after not having done it for so long, is they are using antiquated fucking systems. Even back when I was running in 2016, 2015, 2016, right? Um, I remember there was a senator who lost that year, who was like an old Italian guy from the Hill. And he literally used to, when he wanted to go get signatures done, he would go to like Constantino's or go to the fountain at Fed Hill, right? And Mm -hmm. just collect as many signatures as he could get in a night. Now, you as a candidate know why that's a fucking terrible ass idea. But let me explain it for the listeners out there. In order for somebody to sign your papers to get you onto the ballot, they have to be a member of your party. And they have to live in your district.
1: Now. They don't have to be in the party.
0: They don't have to be Democrats?
1: No, a Republican. I had Republicans, independents sign my papers. They don't have to be in your party. Oh, wow. But they do absolutely have to live in your district. And if you're just sitting on a street corner in Providence, you're going to see a shitload of people that are not in your district. Right. And so you end up wasting
0: night after night after night collecting hundreds of signatures. And if you go back and check them, maybe 15 of those people are a registered to vote and b registered Mm -hmm. in your fucking district. Now we've discovered in, you know, progressive circles and more tech savvy circles that the best way to do it is to use the voter database to look up people in your neighborhood and go and schedule signatures to get from people that you already know are registered to vote, or to bring your app with you and when somebody goes to sign your papers, to look up and make sure that they are registered to vote in your district, right? But we try yep. to work smart and not hard. And exactly. When you're in Senate, how many uh, how many do you need to get on the ballot?
1: 100. 100,
0: right. So you always want to leave yourself a little bit of wiggle room in case a couple of people's signatures don't match, whatever. But yeah, you, guy, you want
1: 200, basically. I had like 170 something.
0: Right. But so this particular senator really nearly lost then just by not using, again, the, the, the more recent tools that are at their disposal. Right. Um, so I bumped into um a dear friend of mine who uh is uh an incumbent uh democrat at the state house. And um I love them enough that I am not going to blow up their spot by making fun of them in this way. Um, and I will tell the story without using their name, but basically saw them knocking doors in their area, which I mean. They had to do themselves, which I'm sure was the first time in, you know, a fucking decade um, that they had to (laughs) knock themselves and didn't have a fucking staff to do it. And this sweet baby angel had a clipboard with an Excel sheet
1: of the voters
0: in their district. Oh, my God. Honey, there's an app for that. Honey, baby, sweetie, child. What? Are you fucking kidding me? Now, the other thing that I found interesting is that this person was not knocking on doors. They were going up to the door and leaving a palm card that said, sorry, I missed you. And then walking away, Reg- did not knocking, regardless of whether the person was home or not, would just go and leave a palm card that said, sorry, I missed you. And then go to the You could to just next. do a mailing,
1: dear. I
0: mean, Jesus Christ. Dude, it was the most tragic. And like, I stopped to say hi because I genuinely haven't seen them since I left the state house. I gave a big right. hug and I was like, oh my God, it's so good to see you. And I mean, not to be a piece of shit, but like, I don't care if you win or not. Like, I'm not going to give you unsolicited advice. You've been doing this a long time. I'm sure you've got, I'm sure you have your shit together. I'm not going to fucking tell you there's a better way. A, because I don't give uh, free labor. Uh, And B, because like, That's not your job. That's not my job. I don't care. Right. Do your thing. If you you win, you win. If you don't, you don't. Like, It's not my fucking business. But I will tell you this. I am very unlikely, especially considering that I'm a super voter, right? It is very unlikely that I would vote for somebody who did not knock on my door to persuade me. Right. Your palm card means nothing to me. Your mailer means nothing to me. I voted in like five out of the last five elections. You want to fucking talk to me. And if you don't have time to talk to me, I don't really have time to vote for you. I don't know what to tell you. Right. And I don't know if that's everybody. Maybe I'm just a little bit of a purist. (laughs) But um, that was just really shocking to see somebody who had been up there that long who genuinely did not know how to run for office. That blew my mind a little bit.
1: Yeah, not me. It's that hubris again. It's just, I'm going to, obviously they're going to choose me because... I've been there forever and I deserve it. It's that entitlement. So I'm not surprised.
0: I mean, it just it, it genuinely what what it made me realize is that this is going to be the case in a lot of races. Right. Relate. As I said, a lot of these incumbents are going to be knocking for the first time in 10, 12 years because now they do mm-hmm. not have the staff or apparatus to do it for them. And these people, because they have not run an actual campaign themselves in so long, have no idea what the fuck they're doing. So it makes perfect sense to me that Kate Coyne McCoy was like, mm, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you. I am out, my <laughs> dudes. <laughs> I don't want to be the one like I don't want to be where the buck stops on this. And the person who took over in the interim, Emily uh, Howe, seems delightful and very sweet from all of the things that I've seen on um, social media, but she was handed a flaming bag of dog shit and
1: was like, good luck, Godspeed, good day. Yeah. And uh, I would like to be clear that we are not knocking Emily at all. That's what I'm saying. Wonderful too. Uh, Yeah. I'm just making sure people are clear that we are not knocking her at all because- She seems to be doing a good job with what she was handed. But good Lord, I do not envy her job right now. That is an enormous amount of work to compress in before a primary. Good God. I hope she takes a year long vacation after this because she'll, she'll deserve it.
0: Well, so what I think we should (laughs) do, um, what I think we should do next is I think, Jen, you and I should make our brackets For the races that are happening, and you know, come up with who we think is going to win and lose. And we'll do like a fun little um prediction about the Democratic primaries in September. I feel like that's going to be, and I also want to see because there's a lot of times where like you and I don't necessarily align on where we think something is going to fall. So it should be interesting to see where our lists are the same and where they differ.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Let's do it for the next episode. Absolutely. That that's gives us, your teaser everyone next episode i was gonna say that the gives us a
0: week to, to prepare <laughs> so this one isn't so much this next thing isn't so much about the democratic party just as it is uh politics in general um and before we get into it let me give you a little bit of background on this because it always makes me laugh this is my favorite when i did my candidate training back in my day um there was nothing available in Rhode Island. Again, there was like three people who knew how to run campaigns and they only ran them for the incumbents and everybody else could go fuck themselves. So I mm-hmm. ended up doing this thing called Emerge America, which was specifically for Democratic women. And the closest one uh, available to me was in Boston, Massachusetts. And everything, I forgot
1: about Emerge. I
0: know, right? And everything was very much the same in terms of you know, how to run for office in Massachusetts versus how to run for office in Rhode Island. You know, they still recommended that you do POM cards. They still taught you, you know, how to knock doors and what the appropriate way to do your messaging and blah, 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 blah all that different stuff. Um, but I distinctly remember the day that we had a campaign finance expert come in to teach us about campaign finance law. And he's going through all the various rules and like checks and balances in the Massachusetts campaign finance um, laws that like make sure that people are not stealing and robbing their campaigns blind and all of this different stuff. And at the end of every point that he makes, he looks at me and goes, this doesn't apply to you. <laughs> if you live in Rhode <laughs> Island, you could borderline buy every constituent a pony and it would totally be legal. And. Um, and honestly, it's kind of true. As long as it's not uh, stipulated that you vote for me, I could buy my constituents a fucking, like, anything I wanted to in, in the sake mm-hmm. of, like, community engagement. Um, but that always makes me laugh, is that he would be like, and you have to file every such and such a month, and you have to make sure that your treasurer does X, Y, Z, and not you, Mora. You could do whatever the fuck you want. There's no rules in your garbage country. Like because rhode island is a nightmare um and jen and i have faced the wrath of the board of elections uh for fucking up campaign finance before as we recall after i lost my election i went fuck you fuck you fuck you i'm out and did not file a single campaign finance report after that now in my defense mm-hmm. i wasn't spending any money because my campaign was over i lost i didn't need to spend money on anything but yeah. i also didn't like shut down my bank account or like tell them that i was like done running for office i just like dropped that shit like a hot potato it was like fuck all you i'm not giving you any free labor i just lost fuck you you can't fire me and then ask me to work for free absolutely not um so I ended up having to pay a pretty penny for a fine. I yeah, it was like $800, $800 or something. Um, but most of it was in late fees because after you don't file your campaign finance, every day that you don't file is like a daily fee that shit adds up very quickly as it turns out (laughs) and um you know shit happens i kept saying after the fact like i don't know what the fuck is wrong with me i'm already bad at math okay why i volunteered to do math where there were legal consequences and I could potentially end up in jail was beyond me. <laughs> that was the dumbest zero out of 10 stars. Would not fucking do again. Okay. That being
1: said, and Jen, you also like had a rough time and like, yeah, a- screw yes, the pooch a little thing. bit. But uh, again, it was, it was an accounting issue because I'm stupid at math and missed a, <coughs> Like a month worth of deposits that I and deposits and <coughs> credits in my account because I must have just skipped over an entire like you know a whole section in my banking, which yeah sucks. Yeah, we and fucked up. And like I just distinctly
0: remember saying like I want to be clear that this is stupidity and not uh like maliciousness. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. And like even yeah. the guy at the board of elections was
1: like, "No, I know it's very clear that this was just." Like you well, yeah. this And app. then once and then actually I had to I had to give an accounting for every single, you know, deposit or credit that came in during that time and it was all campaign related. I mean, there was one there was one and they were like, What is this for? And the name of the company is just lawn signs. And I'm like, Well, that was for lawn signs. I forgot to put that on because it was a week before the election. Exactly, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like it, we were having dinner, you know, on the hill or, you know, Capitol Grill or anything. It was literally like, What is this for? And it was I had made five hundred copies of something at Staples because I was running low on lit. So I mean it wasn't it wasn't like I was buying trips to Florida to go hang out with the Pillow guy or anything. It was it was all campaign related. Well, speaking it just of wasn't accounted for <laughs>
0: Speaking of hanging out with the MyPillow guy, the reason that we are bringing this up and once again uh, taking accountability for our dalliances is because the hand of the law has come crashing down upon many a candidate in the last couple of weeks. And we want to... roast them. So I will be, do you want to be the kettle and I'll be the pot? Or like, I could be the kettle and you'll be the pot. Either way, we're going to be giant hypocrites right now and just straight up make fun of these people for how much worse they fucked up their campaign finance than we could have ever considered fucking up ours. So, starting with the one that you can't talk about but I absolutely can, Senator Elaine Morgan. If you thought this lady couldn't get dumber, she thought Hold my beard. She spent almost three thousand dollars out of campaign funds on personal expenses. Does it tell us what they were?
1: I don't think so. I haven't looked at it. Um yes. I'm well, I don't I don't want anything to do with it. I'm staying away from it. I I want nothing. to. I have not even read it. Oh, you're
0: a much better person than I am, as evidenced by the fact that I'm going to continue roasting her. She was found guilty and has to pay like a $1,200 fee for campaign finance violations. Um, so, you know, that fiscal responsibility thing is more a thing she's talking about in theory and not in practice. Um, then we've got another, you know, sweet Republican example of excellence, Thomas Paolino, another senator, this one from Lincoln, who, my God, man, I thought my math was bad. Um, He was missing expenditures. He was missing campaign checks. He was fucking forgetting shit left and right. He received a $10,000 loan uh, that he didn't file properly or pay back properly, um, probably from his dad, which, like... Jesus Christ, Thomas. Like, lean the fuck in, okay? I know you're still sleeping in your race car bed from third grade, but your dad also has to pay your fucking campaign bills for you? Like, sir, is there anything you contribute to this family? Jesus Christ.
1: Oh, man, I would love to be able to loan myself $10,000. That would be nice. Well, or have your dad loan you
0: $10,000. And the other thing that makes well, me yeah, laugh... Well, that,
1: yeah, that would also be nice, but it's
0: not happening. The other thing that makes me laugh is that... um the 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 fines that are incurred by these campaign finance violations, they have to be paid out of your personal account. You know what I mean. You cannot use your campaign account to settle right. up yeah, your you campaign finance violations. So Thomas now has to pay almost three thousand dollars in fines in order to uh, be right with the Board of Elections. Three—that's a lot of money. Oh, but wait, there's more. Like the my pillow guy would say, but wait, there's more <laughs> um this one is a Democrat, only barely, um, and a name that we haven't gotten to say in many moons, Ramon oh, porn tab, so um. Porn Tabs never seems to make it into the news for good news. You know what I mean? It's never like he saved a kitten from a tree. He passed a good bill. It's always like he showed porn to his colleagues. He hit on fucking pages at the state house. He... Oh, they fuckload in campaign finance violations.
1: Were there like expenditures to OnlyFans and shit in there? Oh my god, I
0: wish. I to be a fly on the wall of that Boe fucking uh, fine-tooth comb of figuring out what the fuck he was paying for. Um, no, but he spent thousands uh, with an S of dollars on personal expenses out of his campaign account. And when asked about it was like, yeah, I spend personal money on my campaign. Why wouldn't I be able to spend campaign money on personal stuff? That's oh, wow. um
1: No, he didn't even say like, yeah, I fucked up because you did. I mean, we all admitted it. Yeah, we fucked up so- and we're sorry. Like we yeah. really, truly fucked up. It was not intentional, yeah. but we just got overwhelmed and, you know, missed shit and fucked up.
0: That's not how Holy it works, shit. bud. No, not how it works. I mean, I love, I you know what I do love about him is, like, the enthusiasm and confidence with which he's wrong.
1: Wow.
0: Like, yes, of course I spent that on my monthly Netflix subscription. I spend my money on the campaign. Why can't I spend the campaign money on me? Like, I mean, I get the logic. Treat
1: yourself.
0: Right? Treat yourself. I get the <laughs> logic, right? But, like, um, the execution's a little bad, my dude.
1: Yeah, so you just you can't. Porn like, tabs that's...
0: owes six thousand dollars in campaign finance violations.
1: Wow. Woof. Fucking wow.
0: Woof. He's on a payment plan uh, that, according to the BOE website, goes to like twenty twenty
1: four. Well, yeah, understandable. So, Jesus.
0: Slow clap I would for you that guys. One to pay it off too. You guys fucking nailed that. Um. You know what I love? Looking good by comparison, Jen. You know what I mean? Better lucky than good. Um I don't look so stupid now, do I motherfucker? Um Oh, goodness. Yeah, so that's that was that was another fun one this week. Um so we've established uh that, you know, Jen and I have been kind of slacking off in the summer. Um but there are other reasons why um we've been slacking off. So, Jen and I both got what we lovingly refer to as our big kid jobs this year. We did. And um, one of the only bad things about my big kid job, because just so we're clear, I fucking love my job. My job is magnificent. My coworkers are awesome. My boss is the fucking man. Like, zero, zero complaints. Uh, Yeah, I feel that way about mine as well. However... Rhode Island is small, and some of the people who run for office happen to be um, parents at the school I work at or patients at the uh, uh, the clinic that uh, Jen works at. And you know yeah. what's real awkward is uh, shit-talking the parents of uh of students in their quest to run for office so i haven't right like there are people who are running for office that i have so many opinions about that i Mm -hmm. just shut the fuck up about because i love my job um that said it does make this a lot harder Uh right, because we're trying to now, you know, it was one thing when we were both unemployed and we're like, come at me, motherfucker, what are you gonna do? Um, (laughs) but now, like, you know, there are consequences to my social media uh behavior and things like that. And when we have episode titles like Mediocre White Men and fuck them kids, it becomes a little difficult. People get a little antsy, things get a little spicy. So um, we've decided that after the, uh, after this coming election, when the chips have fallen and the winners have all been announced, um, Jen and I are going to drop this podcast like a bad habit before our bosses realize the sheer volume of shit that we have been talking
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Like we have gotten away with it this far, like that nobody has been like, um, excuse me, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. What? Now this is not a challenge for you all to go out there and isolate. Why did you say that, Jen? Shut the fuck. Redacted. 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 Don't get any ideas from that.
0: Redacted. <laughs> Jesus, fuck, Jen. Trying to get me killed out here.
1: You know they would do it anyway if they want really wanted to. So you know. But the point but of it now. is
0: is that while we love you, for beloved, loyal listeners. All four of you have been so wonderful to us and you know there was a time where this was the only income that we had to feed our families and y'all like saved us um in 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 a way that I don't even think you guys understand uh how helpful it was um seriously and as much as we love you guys we love being employed uh like gainfully employed
1: more so and really jobs that really respect us and we're very happy at and
0: right this is a sacrifice that i'm absolutely willing to make so um you don't have to worry about unsubscribing or any of that we are going to obviously do the responsible thing and in november we are going to shut down the patreon it will no longer accept uh donations or tears um In the meantime, you know, we're going to continue to cover uh, the upcoming elections and make sure that we let you know, you know, our predictions, how things are going and um, and where the chips end up falling. But uh, that being said, um, it's been it's been a delight. We I'm super looking forward to the next couple of months because I feel like we're going to have serious, like, graduation goggles, you know what I mean? Or just like, oh, oh we only yeah. have a limited time left. Let's, like, get drunk and, and do it in person and enjoy it again. Um, yes,
1: we should, we will do a bunch more in person between now and November so we can have really quality episodes for y'all.
0: Go out with a bang. Um, but in the meantime, you know, we've, we've just been super grateful that you guys have followed us on this weird, ridiculous journey. Um and you know we hope that the message uh of of our podcast you know remains with you in that like a functioning democracy requires us to give a shit more than once every two or four years um that if you want something to change you got to go out there and be the change and that we could all stand to like maybe be better neighbors to each other um. So, you know, don't cry yet, Argentina. We're not leaving quite quite so soon. But because we respect and appreciate everything that you guys have done for us, we want to make sure that we give you enough time to process and don't just, like, drop an episode and then never fucking come back. Um, So uh, I do have a plug for this week. Saturday night, Capri Catanzaro is hosting her first fundraiser. She is running for representative in Warwick in the Hoxie-Kanimicant area. So if any of you have time to pop in, it's at the Fireman Hall. Um, and, you know, it would be absolutely badass uh, to see everybody there. Capri actually uh, used to be one of the only campaign managers in this state who would work for um, non-incumbent, democrats uh progressives specifically she was janine caulkins uh campaign manager she is um a straight up badass bitch who deserves all of your votes and luckily my parents are um well they don't listen to this so they're dumb and malleable and i tell them who to vote for every year so they (laughs) vote for jen rourke every year and this year i said hey you guys are voting for capri I shot a message to Capri and said, uh, you know, gave her my parents' address and said, they are both ones, put them down in your van and bring them a lawn sign when you have a moment.
1: Love it very <laughs> so, much. I um don't I have never been able to cross paths with Capri. I saw her very recently at an event like and just kind of waved across the room. But I have the utmost respect for her. I have heard nothing but wonderful things. I've never heard anybody say an unkind thing about Capri. Just that they are fucking badass and fantastic.
0: Yeah. And I'm just really excited about the opportunities that people are having these days. You know what I mean? It used to just be that you voted for the same asshole that hadn't done anything for you in 20 years and didn't intend on doing anything for you in 20 more. And now we Mm -hmm. have people who actually give a shit about the communities in which they're running. And it's just like, I feel excited for all of these people that get to vote for human beings for once.
1: Yeah. Really, you get to vote for the humans and not the machines.
0: But make sure that you get out there and knock doors, candidates. because as I mentioned, I'm not voting for anybody that doesn't knock my door. Look at you, District 6.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: Jen, you got any plugs? I have nothing this week. Nice. Well, as yeah. always, we love you. Go be a good neighbor. And, um, you know, keep keep paying attention even after the elections are over. <laughs>